What you gonna do when Chadley comes for you, bad boys? That's the Chadley quote of the week. Send yours to Atlas Cool Dude on Twitter. What do we got good. today, Chadley? Today we're gonna talk about some movie shows. Welcome to Movie Epidemic. Uh, my name is Chadley, of course, joined by Uncle Muscle, as always. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be talking about three movies. We're gonna talk about uh, David O. Russell's new film. It's called Joy, starring Jennifer Lawrence, Robert De Niro, and kind of Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna do our top five female performances of 2015. So, uh, hey, ladies, ladies, you did some pretty good fucking acting this year, and we want to commemorate that. And uh, then we're gonna t- continue on our Harry Potter franchise, talking about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Got some real words for that one. Got some real words. Oh, for that. Words. I both like it and dislike it, but I'll, we'll get to it a little bit later. Um, and then we're finishing off with Jason Siegel and Jesse Eisenberg, um, two hilarious actors in a in a side splitting comedy. The end of the tour. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's Any absolutely with the suicide pact is pretty funny. <laughs> so we'll be talking about all of that throughout the uh, uh, the entire episode. So buckle up, because here we go. Oh, shit. uh, Starting off with some joy. This is joy. Let's hear some fucking tags, Chadley. You ready for some fucking tags? Oh, oh, jokes on you. Joy has no tags. Oh, shit. David O. Russell's too good for tags, which I both commemorate him for, but also scold him. (laughs) (laughs) What, are you too good for tags, bitch? Yeah, I mean they they don't really you don't need tags in this day and age, but you took too good for tags, you motherfucker. I disagree. I think the poster looks naked without a tag. Anyway, uh, let's do some box office then. Joy was had a budget of sixty million dollars. Didn't really show. Jesus. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll talk about how that money was squandered in a couple of minutes. Um, <laughs> I would I wouldn't say this movie couldn't have made too much, but I, I would say they probably broke even at the very least. So I'm going to say seventy five. Joy made a whopping $99.5 million at the box office. Almost, oh, dude, they almost broke off a hundo. Not quite, though. <laughs> unlike notice, us. They notice would, that unlike, little point five. Unlike, unlike the movie Epidemic podcast, they will not break off a hundo. <laughs> they will not <laughs> break off a hundo. So close, but not quite. Mm. Um, so let's talk about this actual movie. First things first, let's just get this out of the way. Let's just get this right out of the way. Performances are fucking good in this movie. Real fucking good. Um, Particularly, Robert De Niro is so good in, like, everything. Like, he's fucking amazing in everything. Well, he doesn't have to try because he's just that good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, And, like, I don't know what happened with Jennifer Lawrence, but somehow she has the skill of somebody who's been doing acting for 50 years when she's 25. Every, so, every bit of it. God bless, God bless Jennifer Lawrence. Now, that is literally all the good things I have to say about this movie. Mm-hmm. It's so Holy bad, dude. Shit, I can't it's so it. bad. 
I can't believe there's people that praise this movie. It's like, hey, maybe get David O. Russell that fucking wiener out of your mouth for a minute and take a look <laughs> at how shitty this movie is. Well, the thing is, is like over the past three years, he's just been getting progressively shittier because we got Silver Linings Playbook, fucking masterpiece. American Hustle, that's fine. Then we got Joy. Oh boy, somebody fucked up here. So, like I just like I almost wonder if someone looked at the script and thought like like I like I almost wonder if there was like a, a group of people like there was eight people and they put it to a vote and like they lost by one vote on whether they should make this movie. Like I feel like there was like three dudes in this room who were like, "This is the worst. Let's not make this. This is the worst script we've ever read." Uh yeah, I don't um. I don't remember that much about it because I saw it when it came out. Um, and Chadley dragged his feet on it for fucking nine months. So uh, I'm trying to actually remember what happens in it. But there's lots of mops in it. And hey, maybe we don't need... Hey, we were talking about this before with biopics. But maybe not every story needs to be told, hey? No, abs- absolutely not. That was going to be my next point. This is a biopic of somebody who lives like a pretty ordinary life. Um and I, I don't understand why it's a movie because basically you got this woman. She's struggling, of course, like 90% of people in the United States of America. She invents an invention. Then she gets fucked over. And then finally, it sounds like they're about to introduce some conflict because the phone rings. She picks up the phone and she gets a serious face and everything gets all, all, all sad and, and somber. And then they go to the house and it's like the 100-year-old grandma is dying. Yeah, no shit, dude. She's 100. Hey, you're hundred. You're gonna die. Hey, <laughs> that's how many people? How many people you hear live until like hundred twenty? Nine, <laughs> nine. You die hundred. You die hundred three. That's about it. That's my biggest problem with the movie is that when the grandma dies, who was a hundred, they make it off. They may they they make it out to be like this like avoidable travesty that everybody is so bummed about. It's like, hey, was gonna happen anyway. You know, was gonna happen like any day now. And that, like that's an, and, and another problem too is that the grandma narrates the movie, and then when she's dead, she just keeps narrating it. <laughs> Can't keep narrating yeah. it if you're dead. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. I don't even think this movie required a narration. I don't no, really know why that was there. Absolutely not. I think it was there to sort of to sort of validate some sort of relationship between the audience and the characters because this movie needed it. Because uh, nobody here is that likable. I find her to be a pushover. I find her husband to be kind of a jockstrap. I find her dad to be an abusive asshole. Her mother to be a dumb introvert. Like, everybody is unlikable in this movie. Her stepsister is a cunt, straight up. Her fucking her friend, her friend is the only one who's mildly likable, and she's barely in the movie. Yeah, and like, I, like I understand that the movie's called Joy, and the character is named Joy, and they wanted to have a heavy focus on Joy, just that character. But hey, you're sidestepping some good side shit, you know? Like you're 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 working around, you're working against yourself in a way. It seems it seems counterproductive to me. Now, I want to talk about the production value because David O. Russell's production value is sure. usually decent. This is not good. This was, this was bad production value, specifically in the fact that all of the sets looked like just that. They looked like sets. They didn't look like a house. They didn't look like, 
the inside of a company, like like her mom's room. No, yeah, I, I thought the I thought the warehouse looked really odd. It looked like a play, like they were yeah. a play set. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I don't know if that's some sort of that's sort of some sort of homage to like to like stage sets or what, or if David O. Russell just is fucked up and spends all his money. <laughs> it's hard to say, really, because I don't think there's any information about that. Yeah, no, and like it, it, like I feel like all the money went to Robert De Niro, and then they're like, "Shit, dude, we still got like a full movie to make." You know, like they they gave forty million of the sixty mil to Robert De Niro. Just I don't. I don't think David Russell should make more movies after this. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I think it made me that mad. Like every second I was watching it, I'm like, "Well, because there's like, it's like really poorly paced too." So like, every forty minutes, I'm like, "Oh, come on, why isn't this over yet?" And there's still <laughs> like another forty minutes. And here's here's another thing too. And I texted you this because I was fuming mad watching this yesterday. Mm-hmm. The movie has like three false endings where it's like, okay, you could probably end it there. And then they didn't. And there was even like a part where they did like a wrap up of where everybody was five years later. And it's like, all right, sweet. The movie's done. Oh, fuck. They're bringing in new shit. That th- God damn it. It's like- yeah, I, I said this in my actual review, but it, it, if there wasn't famous people in this, this is something my mom would watch on premium cable. Like, yeah, there's, it felt it like barely a barely looked movie. like a movie. It barely looked like a movie. It felt like a TV movie, but like with a bigger budget. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, just with famous people in it. Yeah, they threw in Jennifer Lawrence and Robert De Niro. Now let's talk about Bradley Cooper. Yeah, he's in it, kind of. You know what? This in American Sniper, that you know, that's two strikes. You're out. You're out, Bradley Cooper. I, I've, had enough. I've had enough of them. I liked them for a while there, and then it's like He's dropping off. He's dropping off too much. Although he did do oh, that. Um, burnt and Aloha. Yeah. I've not seen those, but he did do. Uh, he did do. Um, what's it called? Uh, first day at camp or whatever, which was good. Yeah, but uh, that's like. Whatever. He did. He, that's also barely a thing. Yeah, and he did. He probably did that in like a weekend, and he was probably con- contractually obligated to do He's it. Not even in it that much, really. No, not really. Just, Although I do, just, I do like White Hot American Summer. I think that stuff's great. Yeah, it's it's a great show. I, I think the show is much better than the uh, than the movie. That's for sure. But the thing about Joy is that they didn't really have like you know how the character has like this great idea and they just sort of follow it. It feels like the fucking. The, the director, it felt like David O. Russell was the sister who was just sitting there like, I have ideas too, you know. Like, that's what it felt like, is that he had no idea what he was doing with this movie, but he was trying to prove to everyone that he did. Yeah. It's, um, it's also hard to follow in the fact that things just sort of start happening in, like, an incoherent order, and then suddenly it's like, oh, by the way, she's successful now. And it's like, okay. And, like, the whole royalties thing, like, I felt like that was so unclear why she was paying them. Because at first, at first, when they were like, oh, yeah, we're paying these people uh, to manufacture our product. And then all of a sudden, they're saying they're paying royalties because somebody else already patented the idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, just, it seemed mismatched to me. It's, it's, not, it's not very lay, laid out very well. And I think that's where I had the biggest problem with it is it's not coherent enough to be an actual movie. No, um, not at all. It needed to rewrite for sure. I well, cause the talents there, obviously we know David Russell Russell's done good stuff. We know everybody on the cast has done good stuff, 
I just, I, I'm not really sure why it didn't come together like it should have. No, like, and, and like I feel like I feel like there's a watchable movie somewhere under the surface of this. Mm-hmm, yeah, and like that's that's my that's my big gripe is that I feel like this could have been good, but they rushed it out. Put it out on here. Here's another problem is that they harp heavily on the Christmas theme in this movie, and it came out on Christmas Day. So hey, this movie's relevant for one day. Yeah, I guess, but like you can watch. You can watch Die Hard whenever because it's that yeah. good. Uh, yeah, but are, are we really putting joy on the same level as Die Hard? Or we I'm do it? putting it on the level as it mentions Christmas once. Uh, I mean, I guess. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. You could watch it. It's like It's a Wonderful Life, I guess. There's there's sure. enough not Christmas shit in there that you could enjoy at any time. In under the category of movies that aren't really Christmas movies, but they mention Christmas once. Is what now, I would put that under. Jennifer Lawrence is nominated for Best Actress this year mm-hmm. at the Oscars. What do you think? What do you think? No. Yeah? Mm. No. I, like, I feel like I've seen this before. <laughs> like, I feel like I've seen her do the same performance before. There was a lot of good, there was a lot of good female actress performances this year, and Jennifer Lawrence was not one of them. Yeah, and some of them, some of them totally got snubbed, and we'll be talking about that in a few minutes. Sure. Because... Yeah. There was there was a lot better than Jennifer Lawrence this year, and that's actually really I like rare Jennifer for me to say. Lawrence. I think I'm fine with amazing. Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. but like this this Joy is not a good movie, and I've seen no. people try and defend it, and I just I don't I don't quite get it because whatever you're seeing, I am not seeing in this film, and yeah. I like David O. Russell. A lot of people don't like David O. Russell. I do like him, but this is not good. I don't like Joy. I, I didn't find any joyfulness in it. And you know what? You know what? Um... I feel like David O. Russell can go back to the drawing boards here, and if he takes if he takes this as a failure, which he should, don't make, maybe don't make a movie every year. Just like, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe take a couple of years. Unless you're fig- Ethan and Joel Cohen, don't fuck make a movie every year. Now, I'm yeah. talking to you specifically, Woody Allen. Don't fuck make a movie every year for the last forty years. All right? <laughs> yeah, dude, and Woody Allen hasn't made a good movie in like two decades, dude. Ah, Midnight in Paris. Ah, no, dude, that movie sucks. That's, that's... <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, that being said, we, were, we just mentioned the Oscars. That's going to be our next episode, by the way. We're talking full Oscars. It's going to be awesome. Make sure you tune in. We're going to be doing the recap. Um, but um, before that happens, we got to finish our, our one of our last lists. Uh, top five best female performances of 2015. Why don't you start us off? What's your number five? Yee, top five, baby. My number five. I'm gonna give it to uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Ooh, hateful eight. And Anomalisa. Two very different films. Oh, she, yeah, she was the girl in that. Yes. I actually didn't even know that. Exactly, and that's why I'm giving it to her the number uh, five spot because those are two very different characters. Two very different films, and you don't even know it's the same person. Yeah, dude. God and you, bless. And I love the Blade. So, and the thing is, is like Animalise is one of those movies that should be more talked about than it is. Yeah, it should. It should win the animated Oscar this year, probably. It, it won't. It won't. But no, it should. Of course, it won't. Although I, I do that that, that that was made by fucking Dan Harmon's studio, his fucking Anim- animation studio, Animalisa. Yeah. The same studio that makes Rick and Morty, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's preposterous, dude. <laughs> oh, 
most bizarre fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, my number five, we talked about this movie probably a billion times because it's that fucking good. My number five is Alicia Vikander out of the movie Ex Machina. Ex Machina, that's that's a movie that kind of flew under the radar, but once it got on Netflix, it kind of picked up steam again. But damn, that is a good movie, and if you haven't seen it. And like everybody who's seen it is like, why the fuck is this not nominated? It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves them. I've never met someone who doesn't like that movie. No, because because if you like that movie, you're a dumb person, right? Like that's how that works. Okay, that's not how that sentence was supposed to be laid out, but okay. Did I did I say it wrong? You said if you like that movie, you're a dumb person. Oh, if you don't like that movie, you're a dumb person. I had to go. I had to go to the. I, I was thinking about going to the fridge, which I did to get myself another Coors Golden Banquet. Uh, yes. It's one of those Banquet. days. Mm. <laughs> this is my fourth beer today, and it's two in the afternoon. You are a complete white trash garbage <laughs> truck. My number four, Charlize Theron in. Mad Max Fury Road. That's one of those ones that just barely missed my list. Um, I love Charlize Theron and uh, Mad Max Fury Road because, let's be honest, best supporting? I don't think so, dude. This bitch <laughs> is the main character of the movie. Mad Max is barely in that joint, all right? Yeah. Tom Hardy just kind of sits there and observes Charlize Theron's Fury he Road. Was, he was, Tom Hardy was just there hanging out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He never seen. Uh, although I do love Tom Hardy, the character of Mad Max never seemed alarmed at all. <laughs> no, he was he was never that confused. He was always just rolling with it. Yeah, absolutely. My number four may have something to do with my with my probably like unwarranted love for this movie. My number four is Daisy Ridley, baby. No, Star it doesn't. Wars. It doesn't have anything to do with that. Cause that's my number three, bitch. Oh, God bless Daisy Ridley. The Force Awakens. Ray. Uh, the first time I saw Star Wars: The Force Awakens, I didn't much care for Ray. But the more I watched her, the more I realized that the character is so layered, and that has a lot to do with Daisy Ridley's incredible performance. This bitch came out of nowhere, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that that might not be polite to say? That might not be polite to say. But she <laughs> came out of nowhere, dude. And then she took the world by storm. I have her on a cup now. I have a, I have her on a cup in my in my cupboard, my cupboard, cupboard. my cupboard. We were both going for that pun. Not funny. <laughs> hey, throw the asterisks on the bottom. Not actually funny. My oh, number. I was I was I was looking at the comments on some of our videos today, and under one of the episodes, someone just put, "You're a fag." <laughs> you are like the letters. You are a fag. Which one? Which like, one was he referring to? Which one of us? There's two of us. I don't. Know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could be either though. Maybe both. Do- doesn't doesn't matter. Um, maybe I am. Maybe I am. What business is it to you? How dare you? <laughs> this is this is uh this is an all gender, all sexual orientation podcast. God bless. Yeah. My number three. Uh, crying on the floor, baby boy. That's uh, Brie Larson from Room. Sure. Mm. She's very good. Great. She'll win. She'll win the Oscar. She sure will. She will undoubtedly win the Oscar. I don't think she should, obviously. That's why she's at my number three. But she'll win the Oscar. God bless. Uh, the girl from 21 Jump Street now has an Oscar, ladies and gentlemen. Look what we've done. Oh, wow. How do we let this happen as a, as a community? You know, we let Jonah Hill get nominated twice. And, you know, I'll let that slide. 
Um, my number two, um, I know you're a big fan. Uh, I'm going to go with Saoirse Ronan from Brooklyn. Oh, dude, amazing, amazing. Before we just go any further, I'll say my, that is my number one, mm-hmm. Saoirse Ronan from Brooklyn. Just insanely good actress. She's very good. I'm excited to see her in more stuff because I yeah. she's also came out of nowhere for me. Yeah, well, she. I, I, I guess. I guess she's her been big, in stuff, but I've just never seen it. Yeah, I mean, I guess her big break would have been that uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, I guess, but she's like barely in that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. She was in it quite a bit. She's like one of the main characters, I'd say. I don't. I don't really. I don't really count anything Wes Anderson does as an actual movie because it's just a bunch of people hanging out. <laughs> very true. Very true. Hanging out on very colorful sets. Yeah. Exactly. Beautiful. Beautiful films. I love them with all my heart. They're just yeah. not really movies. Now you already know my number one, <laughs> but you don't know my number two. My number two. This one might surprise you. Marion Cotillard from Macbeth. Okay. No, I th- I think that's a good choice. She was very good in that movie. She's real fucking good, dude. She's she's amazing. She's one of those actresses that I can't believe people don't talk about more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought she was going to explode after she did that Batman movie, but then she just like exploded for like 10 minutes and then disappeared forever. Yeah. And, she didn't really pick up anything from that, hey? Huh. Yeah, no, and I thought she would. Like Christian Bale, like Christian Bale set for the rest of his life now. He's always been he's always been very good though. Yeah, even so. even when he was on set and started yelling at the lighting guy, <laughs> we are fucking done professionally. Didn't That's... even didn't even budge his career. <laughs> no, no one gave no. a fuck. They liked well, no, him at more that point, after that. At that point, he still had Batman movies to do, so people didn't give a shit. They just wanted to see Batman. Yeah, I know, but like, he, he was already he was already big enough that it didn't matter. Yeah, unlike unlike Michael Sarah when he had his fit, that ruined his career, dude. Where, where's that guy? Been? <laughs> yeah, where'd that guy go? <laughs> yeah. Dude, dude had a fit. What was it? The set of Youth and Revolt? I <laughs> maybe I don't know. I actually like that movie though. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what I don't, y- Youth and Revolt's not bad actually, but uh, dude, dude just disappeared after his fit, and, <laughs> and then I he mean, did, he... and he did the cocaine version of him in a lot of movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. He was in This Is the End. Uh he oh he was on season four of Arrested Development, but other than that, like I bet I bet you Michael Sarah has like a business now. I the bet business, you like he might own a restaurant. He, he, I bet you he owns like a top prop or something. <laughs> <laughs> he was he played he played the coked up version of himself in that Bill Murray special thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was awesome. That was like the biggest thing he's done in a while. <laughs> Poor That's Michael good. Sarah. Uh are you ready for some fucking eggs? Oh, wait, no, you haven't said your number one, have you? My number one's Brie Larson. Brie Larson, she'll win the Oscar. God bless the woman. God may she bless. Re- may, she, may she rest in peace. We're giving the 21 Jump Street girl an Oscar, and I ain't even mad about it. Goddamn. Weird, weird, this weird, wild world we live in, Chadley. Let's hear some fucking tags. You ready for some fucking tags? All right, so you're going to have – I'm going to – for anybody who's never uh, seen or listened to the show – I'm going to pump out three very similar tags, and Buck LeDuc here has to tell me which of these tags belongs to the movie Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh, whew. Number one, the games will change everyone. Okay. The, the games that, will change That seems like it might be like Hunger Games or something. Number two, everything you know is about to change. Everything uh, okay. you know is about to change. 
Number three, everything will change. Okay, so all the same words. In <laughs> yeah. orders. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. I'll go with number two. Fuck it. <laughs> that one belongs to the Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian. Okay, um, everything will change. No, everything will change is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Number two was everything you know is about to change. Basically the same oh, words, okay. except different yeah, ways. Same words. They, they threw in some filler words, and then Harry Potter just went in and was like, fuck it, just take out all those words. We don't need all these words. <laughs> <laughs> See all those words? Give me some of those. And you got it right on the ball. The games will change everyone. That's uh, the Hunger Games. Mm. Speaking of which, uh, where the fuck is Hunger Games for, dude? We still haven't checked that joint out yet. Well, I don't know. Whenever the fuck it gets released on Blu-ray. I feel like that came out like seven years ago. I don't know yes. when that fucking movie came out. But uh, you ready for some, are you ready for some fucking box office, Chandler? I'm ready for some fucking box office. The budget of Harry Potter, a whopping $150 million. $150 mil, huh? Uh, how many theaters? I don't know. Box office mojo is broken today. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, so $150 million. I'm going to go out on and say... A lot, though, so just, you know. I'm, say, I'm going to say $850 million. Ooh, pretty close. $897 million. Jesus Christ, dude. That's a lot of months. Movie makes a fair chunk. I mean, with that Harry Potter fuck you status, they're going to they're gonna be breaking in the bills, right? Yeah. Ken Radcliffe was 14. He didn't even know what was going on. He sure didn't, but now he, he knows. <laughs> now he knows and he's, he's cool. He buys it. a lot of nice things with it. Like <laughs> a little Coquihanna and some... Uh, some Big old, he, big old booty hookers and some. He, I bet you Daniel Radcliffe gets the really good weed. Yeah, like he, gets, then, he gets a really good weed. The Coquihanna straight from the Columbias. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember when we first started this show, we theorized that Daniel Radcliffe may be a gay man, but now I think he might be the least gay man. Well, I st- I, I still haven't rolled it out, because <laughs> I've never seen him with a woman. But you know, it's hard. To, it's hard to. Hard to I, I feel like I've never seen Daniel Radcliffe with anybody but Daniel Radcliffe. I, <laughs> yeah, feel like he has, I think he has friends. He just yeah. has lots of money in Coquihanna. <laughs> yeah, I think he hangs out by himself and like wears pea coats downtown all the time. Do you know that like Daniel Radcliffe has this? He's like a fucking Simpsons character. He only wears one outfit, so the paparazzi. <laughs> Doesn't like fucking mean anything. Yeah, that's awesome. But uh, da- here, here's the problem: is that he should he should lend some money to Kanye to get him out of his crippling debt. True. Here's a question that I have, though. This is like a serious question that I have. So these kids, they have to be at Hogwarts from like fucking uh, what September to June. They don't leave except for maybe Christmas, and not every kid leaves for Christmas. Correct? I guess. Yeah. That's that's about correct. Now, once a year, they take the third years down to that little town, and then after third year, you can sort of go to that little town whenever, right? But you still uh, yeah, got something like that. But there's still the first and second years who stay there and don't leave the castle at all between September and June. So here's okay. my I don't here's see my how question. that's weird, considering boarding schools actually exist. No, 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 no. I don't think it's weird. But here's my question: Hogwarts has to have like some sort of like on-site barber doesn't like wouldn't it (laughs) (laughs) no it's magic dude why the fuck why the fuck was all their hair so long in this movie (laughs) i don't know it was long well that was the style at that time everybody was rocking long hair in like 2005 or whenever this came up i guess i had pretty long hair back in 2005 but it's just like 
it just baffled like Ron specifically. Like that's not just long hair, dude. That's like that's like past his shoulders. It's unruly. <laughs> that's more than a goddamn maiden's worth, you know? Yeah. It's preposterous. Now as a kid, I loved this movie. As an adult, I still love this movie. But as a kid I didn't know much about like production value and stuff like that and didn't realize that the lighting in this movie is the worst. It is so fucking bad. It looks weird. This movie I, looks weird. And I it's, know why. It's my favorite one, but it looks weird. I will I know, admit that. I know why. I know why the lighting is so bad in this movie. Because they were so fixated on changing the theme of it from goofy to dark that they just desaturated everything and was like, yeah. there you go. The movie looks dark now. But in reality, it just looks like shit. It looks bad like it and like not that it's a bad movie because it is a great movie but it looks terrible except for that last shot of the movie and i don't understand it the last shot is awesome yeah yeah i, I also like i don't know let's start let's start going through this movie tom felton he's got to get better in order of phoenix right because like, <laughs> I, don't he's, I don't he's, remember he's fucking horrible in this one and amazing in the sixth one so like order of phoenix has to be some sort of bridge or something right but like daniel radcliffe this is when i think he's good this this is probably where i'd say this is where he's good mm -hmm. rupert grinch is the worst he's on par he's on par every movie i think (laughs) i you know i don't even think so i think in the in the the, i recall him being particularly bad in the fifth one but like i feel like in the fourth and the fifth one he kind of got worse than he was you know like he wasn't that bad in the first two i thought he was all right as no yeah as as a as a kid actor he was fine i i don't think he's very solid of an actor as a teenager and we'll talk we'll we'll talk more at length on that in the next one but what i really like about this series is that every movie you get new British actors who come in and play specific roles, and they're always famous people, and they're always amazing. Yes. This movie introduced us to Brendan Gleeson. Oh, Gleeson. Mm, he's so good. <laughs> I love him. Oh, him and his son. Beautiful. Here's the problem, though, is that I feel like the Harry Potter execs were probably pissed, right? Because Bill Weasley, they couldn't work him in, right? They couldn't work him into four, five, and six at all. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of that is because they just couldn't find the right kid. And then they're like, okay, we need we need Bill Weasley for the seventh movie. And then fucking Brendan Gleeson's like, hey, I got a kid who's like, who's got fucking ginger hair and probably is the exact age you're looking for. And they're like, it took 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 you three fucking movies on our page. <laughs> so let us know, you motherfucker. Three fucking movies on our on our payroll, you son of a bitch. And we could have been using him, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, he could have could have had because like if Donald Gleason was in this one, that would have been dope. He brings the fucking dragons. He's like looking hella young. Donald Gleason's barely even a person yet. Uh would have been good. It would have been good. Yeah. And every time they mention Bill Weasley and Donald Gleason doesn't show up, I'm I'm furious. I'm Dude, furious. Love the kid. But um this is this is the one that seems like its own thing. Uh, compared yeah. to the rest of the series, because it, it, it has its enclosed games. The games are really great. I love the games. Try yeah, and, up. and like they they talk enough about Voldemort early in the film that the later parts of the film will make sense to eat anybody. No matter. Oh, it has it has baby baby Voldemort in this one. He's a baby. He's oh, holding dude. him and he puts him in the pot. He's like he's just a little baby. He's like a little fetus, a white fetus. Yeah. Here's here's a question that I have for. Um, the Timothy Spall character, uh, Wormtail. You know the part where, like, 
you got to put the fetus in and then you got to put like these several ingredients. You got to take the bone of his father forcefully taken, uh-huh. uh, blood of the enemy. But then he says, flesh of the servant willingly sacrifice. And then he cuts off his whole fucking hand. <laughs> <It's necessary. laughs> I was laughing like, so hard at that because I did not remember that. Couldn't just like take the, couldn't just like cut off like like a bit of your finger or like the your fucking fingerprints or something like that yeah. seems excessive. It did, it did, and I was laughing way harder than I expected at that. It's yeah, it's amazing. But then comes probably my favorite scene uh, thus far, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck, dude. One of my favorite actors on the planet is introduced in this flick. It's my boy, Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes, the king. The king. Who you may know from James Bond fame. Dude, holy shit. Dude, this dude's set for his entire life. (laughs) Dude's dudes hit some big ones, that's for sure. He could could probably cancel his fucking contract with Warner Brothers. He wouldn't need to worry about them or with uh, Sony for the James Bond movies. And he wouldn't need to worry about them being like, hey, don't work with this asshole anymore. He cancels his contract because he could just live forever off the money he's made from Harry Potter and James Bond. Um, uh, yes. So, yeah, he plays Am too, in the, too the bad his Too bad his brother Joseph hasn't been uh, <laughs> quite as successful and <laughs> has been making shitty movies for the last 15 years. Dude, so, I hate Joseph Fiennes. But Ray Fiennes, like... fucking sucks. Did you see that new one? It's about Jesus or some shit. Oh, Risen? Yeah. Is that Joseph Fiennes? <laughs> yeah, dude. We'll be watching it. Of course. Of course we will. <laughs> I think from now on, we, we are obligated to watch all the Jesus movies. And there's lots of them coming there's out. There's a lot of them. Yeah, I don't know how it's happening, but like, there's a bunch of Jesus movies. Oh, there's a, there's a, we'll talk about some more in Trailer Trash, but there's some fucking preposterous shit coming out in the next <laughs> couple months here. This might be like just looking at just looking at the lineup. This 2016 might be the worst year for movies. Maybe the worst year I've ever seen. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> One of the most hyped things I'm hyped for is fucking like Ghostbusters. That's yeah, how and I'm, and I'm not is. that excited. Uh, like, probably the the thing I'm most so stoked about at this point is Jason Bourne. But we'll talk yeah, about it. Like, but like, that's that's gonna that's be it. bad, probably. And like, <laughs> Jungle Book. If the if my number two most anticipated movie is a is a live action version of the Jungle Book, someone fucked up. Somebody's not doing right. Yep. Mm. All right. So Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. This is a really good one. It stands alone. Um, performances are, are like. The kid performances are all really getting there, and the adult performances, as always, I I really like Michael Gammon. Like I know a lot of people have beef with his portrayal of Dumbledore, specifically in this movie, but oh, I, I think like he's him. great. Yeah, I, I think I think the aggression that he brings to the character is, I don't know, it sort of builds him as a character rather than just this somber, nice professor who does no harm. You know, who's never done anything wrong or overreacted. No, I think. I think it brings a dimension to the character that yeah, we didn't that, see uh, in the books. That um, that thing where they he puts his memories into the bowl, those things are all really good. They, that, yeah. that really that really adds a lot to him. I think. Absolutely, absolutely, and I I adore the character of Dumbledore. And while I did really like Richard Harris, I'm not sure if he would have been able to bring the intensity quite the same way that Michael Gammon did. Yeah, I agree. They're 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 a different style of actors, and uh, I, I just I think for the style of Harry Potter they were they went into, 
I think Michael Gambit works a lot better. I think what a lot of people need to realize is that the books and the movies exist separately. And people people can't get away from that. They can't get away from the fact that the books and the movies exist separately and they don't need to be exactly identical. Because here's I actually prefer when movies do their own thing cuz when is a when is a fucking word for word remake ever been good? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, let's be honest. Watchmen is basically a word-for-word remake, and while I like Watchmen, it's got some problems. Uh, well, have you seen the Ultimate Edition? Yeah, it's yeah, it's like better. It's a lot better. Yeah, that's so. I I think that's the one I have on DVD. It's like three and a half hours though. So yeah, it's long as fuck, but it's a lot better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They they kill the old man in it, which I which I like, which they didn't do in the theatrical cut. But um, what were we saying? Oh yeah, I, I feel like here's the problem with with making a movie, right? That may, without with making a movie that I, I think a lot of people don't understand. It's specifically making a movie about a series of novels. Is that when this movie, when the screenplay for this movie was written, not all the books were out yet. Yeah. So in the book Goblet of Fire, there could have been some foreshadowing that the screenwriters might have overlooked as useless information because it hadn't become relevant yet. Right. So if they fucked up and missed some foreshadowing, they then have to make up for that and explain it in later films, which is inevitably going to make them unbelievably different. It's not the same as Hunger Games, man. They started making those movies once that series was done. You know? This is this is a lot it's, different. It's... And it's, it's, it's um. Yeah, it's, it's Harry Potter is a very specific case, I think, because there's not been a lot of series that have been ongoing as they've been making. Like the 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 most you can like co- probably compare that to is like some sort of anime, right? Because but then yeah. they, they they make because there's there's always they're always writing it and they're always making episodes. But in the time in that time where there's no book and there's no more episodes, got to do filler, and yeah. we didn't want Harry Potter filler, so you know things were cut out yeah absolutely and i think that's fine i think that's fine that being said mike newell is this is who we're getting to <laughs> hey we're going from alfonso who is an amazing director to yeah. mike newell who is who, who is most notably known for doing young indiana jones who the fuck who thought this was the guy and he also he oh, went if on Alfonso, to if Alfonso made Goblet of Fire, can you imagine? Oh, it would have been fucking. It would have been no pun intended. It would have been fire. Might have been one of the best movies ever made. Absolutely, would have <laughs> been easily the best. And honestly, I actually don't think this one is the best movie. And we'll talk about that later. But I do think that it's up there. It is good. I don't. But like, I don't like the ones after this. So it automatically is the one I like the most. I just, I just don't like. I just don't like the the. Pre- of this one i want to say and i also have a problem with like this i guess this goes back to the novel as well i kind of have a problem with the triwizard tournament in in general that first that first event where it's like them in the arena with the dragon and they got to steal the egg it's good shit that's real good shit mm-hmm. but then you got the then you got the underwater shit and like all the audience is just like squinting to look at what's going on <laughs> Hey, there's <laughs> somebody swimming around. It's like, nah, I can't really see anything. Water's dark. <laughs> and then you got the hedge maze, which is not an observable sport at all. <laughs> so you got a whole shitload of people sitting there just watching the entrance and exits to these fucking hedge mazes. 
for and taking a look at how big that hedge maze is, foreseeably they could be sitting there four days, you know, like many days. It seems weird that they would make such a big deal out of this tournament and then make it such an unobservable concept. Well, you know, whatever. It's fine. At least it's not as bad as the Hunger Games. Rip in peace, the Twilight guy. Yeah, dude. That guy was awesome in those movies. This is when they start to kill people. This is like when they start to murder people. And this is when it becomes less of a kid's thing and more of like a a young adult thing, I think. Yeah, I agree. those first first two movies, yo, those are fucking, those are baby joints. You know, those are, those are, you can show that to I'll, a four. I'll, I'll show those to my fucking kids. Yo, I saw that shit when I was a kid. Thing is, is if I had seen, like, any of the ones past Order of the Phoenix when I was a kid, I probably would have nightmares. Because <laughs> it's legit scary. They're Old scary, ones. man. I don't, I don't even like those ones that much. <laughs> like, they're, they're just, they're so, they're so fucking spooky. They're be spooky, dude. <laughs> so you and I are going to have very differing opinions going forward um, because I actually love all of the rest of them. But yeah, you like shooting movies, though, so it's not that odd. Oh, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> I just, I think Goblet of Fire is great, but I know a lot of people claim it to be the best one, and I, I just don't, dis- I just don't agree with that one. It's easily I mean, the best one. You fucking I see, crack I see, addict. I see how, I see how you would come to that conclusion easily, but the production value isn't as good. Who um, cares? It's a real movie. The rest are fucking bullshit ass fucking filler ass the next one's filler ass bullshit the next one, one is filler that... ass bullshit yeah it's... the next <laughs> one's the worst one and we'll talk we'll talk about the it one after week. that i barely remember because it's fucking stupid and then the, there's... okay the one after that's my favorite one we'll get to it because yeah, that one fuck... fucking sucks so i know it's so good dude it's, that's like it's that's so the worst one that's I'm... the worst one fucking dare you dude it's so good oh because one cool thing happens in it that makes it good get the fuck out of here garbage man you're a garbage man <laughs> <laughs> right here's some fucking things yeah all right so this is for the movie the end of the tour i'm gonna give you three taglines you gotta let me know which one is uh for the end of the tour <clears throat> number one some people can never believe in themselves until someone believes in them some people can never believe in themselves until someone believes in them number two if he's crazy, what does that make you? If he's crazy, what does that make you? Number three, imagine the greatest conversation you've ever had. Imagine the greatest conversation you've ever had. Uh, I don't know. I'll go with number three, I guess. Number three is, in fact, part of end of the tour. Um, the first one, some people can never believe in themselves until someone believes in them. That's goodwill hunting. And then, if he's crazy, what does that make you? Uh, that belongs to One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest with Jack Nicholson. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> uh, okay, let's do some box office here, Chadley. End of the tour cost $2.1 million. Uh, made? Kind of flew under the radar. Yeah, flew under the radar, so I'm not going to go over $10 million. $10 million. Yeah, going with $10 million. $3 million. Three million, Jesus Christ! So they, they, they're fucking, they're fucking, um, producers barely made a profit on this bitch. They they filmed it in like fucking Minnesota or some shit though, and they got a bunch of rebate back though. So I don't think they actually lost any money. Oh, God bless, God bless. 
the end of the tour is oh man how do i how, how do i how do i put it here why, why, why don't you start us off why don't you start us off talk a little bit about end of the tour well originally when i pitched this uh movie to watch you weren't very excited to watch it and <laughs> i understand that um from a podcast standpoint because we're, we're gonna run into this issue here probably pretty soon but i mean it's hard to talk about but it's it's a good movie about um uh uh what the fuck's his name uh david foster wallace david foster wallace author of infinite jest and um jesse eisenberg interviewing him for rolling stones and um it's just kind of that but it's just it's so good this is without a doubt one of the most profoundly smart and deep movies i've ever seen like it's really good Mm mm-hmm it's it's as profound and deep as David Foster Wallace himself. Like it's it's that fucking good of a movie. Yeah, Ooh, and I, I've, I've I've actually yo. I've I've tried to read Infinite Jest a few times. And I've never gotten through because it it's just so fucking long. But uh, I've I've always been interested in this person, like the same way I am with Hunter S. Thompson. You know, yeah. like these 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 fucking geniuses that just all kill themselves because they're so good at writing like they, they all just kill themselves because they're just so good that they're that they know that they can they can't even achieve anymore because they've just achieved everything they could possibly do i think this is a travesty in the fact that whoever penned this screenplay deserves a fucking nomination and that's an, atro- sure, that's an atrocious mess that they don't have one because the screenplay is the best part of this movie it's perfectly paced every single every single word that's uttered has some sort like some sort of deep meaning behind it mm-hmm. um performances dude holy shit sure. i, I was i was concerned when i saw that jason siegel and jesse eisenberg would be playing the roles in a movie about david foster wallace but he was fucking perfect jason seagal was so good i can't believe how good jason siegel was dude. exactly like him he looked exactly like him yeah because like i was like halfway through this movie when i was like i looked up david foster wallace and i'm like dude that's fucking him that might be david foster wallace <laughs> and then yeah. jesse jesse eisenberg was fine he was good mm-hmm. He was yeah. good as usual. He played sort of the same sort of performance he did in Social Network. It was all really good. Nothing we hadn't seen before, though. But Jason Siegel, Jesus, dude, where where did this man even come from? <laughs> where did you come from, Jason Siegel? Oh, oh, you came from you came from How I Met Your Mother. Like what? What? How the? You're terrible on that show. That shows what the fuck. <laughs> he was just in at that show for a fucking paycheck clearly oh dude fucking weekly paycheck that's like they i think they even mentioned that in um the movie this is the end he's like, <laughs> Do they? yeah where he's like he's talking about like how he fucking hates being on a uh, sitcom it's the best oh yeah i forgot about good that that's funny good shit good shit movies like oh i don't know what else to say about this movie other than the writing is great production wise it's nothing special. Your cinematography, your lighting, it's all fine. Yeah. It's all the stuff you would see in a classic movie, but it's just the screenplay, dude. It it shines so bright. It's, huh? it's a, this movie's low key pleasant, and I fucking loved watching it. But it's not good pod. 
Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. I feel like there's just not enough to say about it. Sort of like sort of like how I felt about the movie Chef. Chef, yeah, no. Chef is is, is kind of similar on on how its vibes and it just works. Yeah. It's certainly pleasant, but like what can you really say about it? All I can really say about it is honestly check this this bitch is on VOD. Go check it out. It's great. Yeah. It's so it's, um... good. And I, uh, I like dogs in it. <laughs> Who else was all in it? You don't you don't like Joan Cusack? Joan Cusack. Oh yeah, I've her character smiled. Like her character was smiling the whole movie. I don't think she ever stopped smiling. And I wanted to uh, throw a fist. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's 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 some really good dialogue though, especially when they're going back and forth and uh, uh, Jesse Eisenberg's like giving people his emails and shit, and they they got a like, back and forth going on. I like that Jesse Eisenberg tried to fuck David Foster Wallace's ex. That was good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, Ron Livingston was in this movie for like a second. Why? Don't, I don't know. I don't know. He was in this for a second. He had a like. Was he just in this movie because he wanted to show the world his new beard, or like? Because <laughs> 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 he was in it for a second, dude. It was really bizarre. Yeah, I'm oh. just. I'm, I'm really surprised how much this movie flew under the radar. I really wanted to see it when it came out, but I, I never got the chance to. And um. You know, it it really flew under the radar, which is crazy. This movie should so be good. This movie should be front running at the Oscars. If I'm being, if I'm being honest here, I prefer it to Spotlight. Yeah, absolutely. I can't fucking believe that. Is that still set to win, or are we talking Revenant now? Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, on the on on the betting websites, the odds are going to um, Spotlight by a little bit. But uh, you know, Revenant's still in the in the picture. Um, yeah, I've got to fill out my I've got to fill out my sheet for that on the Oscar website for what I think is going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, the website I'm looking at right now says they think The Big Short's going to win, which I would not be mad at all because it's probably the best movie that's nominated. I hope that wins. Um, last time I checked, it was. Those it was those three, um, pretty close to each other. So. The Revenant, Big Short, and Spotlight. Uh, Sp- I can't even believe that Spotlight wasn't even that good. It's good. It was fine. It was classic filmmaking, telling a story that I feel like I've heard before. Well, you haven't, but it's it's <laughs> it is probably the most important one of those movies. Uh, maybe Big Short, but um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I actually like it's the first year in a while where I'm like I don't actually know what what's what it's going to go to. Yeah, I'm I'm taking a look at, at websites right now. People, most people most of them are saying the revenant. Most of yeah. them are saying the revenant. And like that makes sense to me. But I want to see I see full I see full Oscar predictions or just best picture. The fact that Samuel Jackson isn't nominated for uh Kingsman. Yeah. Okay. How dare they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks like it'll likely go to the Revenant. Um, that, that I think is probably the lock. But that, uh, that being said, many times on this show we've made jokes about people who have Oscars when Leo doesn't. Um, so I think we should take the opportunity now to to do that. Uh, Jim Rash has an Oscar, Leo does not. Um, 
I have the same amount of Oscars as as Leonardo DiCaprio. Yep, everyone on the movie Epidemic cast has the same <laughs> amount of Oscars as Leo. Look at us go! Look at us go! The world's best podcast, same same amount of Oscars as Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. Um, I hope we win a, a potty this year. Yeah. Every uh, every actor every actor who has an Oscar has more than a million times the amount of Oscars as Leo. <laughs> okay. That's good stuff. Um, fuck, dude. I don't know. What else? What else? Who else has an Oscar? Who? who? Fisher oh, Stevens. Oh. Fisher Stevens from Super Mario Brothers has an Oscar. Leo does not. Uh, uh, the bear that Leo fought has as many Oscars as he does. Oh, that's very true. That's very true. Um, the movie the movie Casper the Friendly Ghost has the same amount of Oscars as uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Does Pauly Shore have an Oscar? I think Pauly Shore has an Oscar. Yeah, he's, um, well, he's so got Shore he's, has. He's either, he's either got more or just as many Oscars as Leo. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've only got five more days to do this Joker. Four more days now. Because um, let's be honest, That's, Leo's, Leo's going to win it. I think he's going to win. I think this is his year. It wasn't that strong. I think, yeah. I think it was his year. Although, um, um, what's, the, what's the name of the other guy who's nominated? Uh, if Cranston won, I wouldn't be mad, but he's he won't. Going to win. Yeah, he won't. There's no way he would win. He's probably, dude. If Redmayne wins, I'm gonna lose my mind. If Redmayne wins, I will never ever talk about the Oscars ever again. <laughs> I'll not talk about the Oscars that, ever. That'll be that'll be our jailbreaker. What was our what was our what was our uh, breaker last year? I think it was um, Box Trolls. If Box Trolls won Best Animated, yeah, Box Trolls won. Then we were never watching an animated movie again. That was the deal. Yeah, and this year the deal is if Eddie Redmayne wins Best Actor, we will never talk about the Oscars ever again. We will never talk about the Oscars on this show ever again. Yeah, it looks like Brie Larson will win. Uh, Most websites say Sylvester Stallone for Best Supporting Actor, which I would adore. Oh, I would love that. If he, I hope he wins. Actually, that's I thought that was more of a dark horse, but I, you know, we'll see. People are saying Alicia Vikander for supporting actress. I wouldn't be mad at that either. Mm, okay. That um, could be. Alejandro is set to win Best Director. That doesn't that doesn't surprise me. I hope um, he doesn't, but you know, I, I I'm guessing he will. I just I, I just I don't want I don't know if I want to live in a world where the director of Anchorman has a has an Oscar, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> I kinda uh, do. I don't know if that's the world I want to live in. Anyway, um, we'll be talking about that on our next episode, the Oscar Sode 2016. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be counting down our top 10 favorite movies of the year. So Yeah, top, top 10 movies of the year. And then we're also going to be talking about Harry Potter, The Order of Phoenix. We can talk about Tom Felton's transitional period from garbage to amazing. And then we'll, we'll watch another movie, but I don't know what yet. Okay, we'll figure, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure it out after the pod. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me. So uh, that's the go home show for the Oscars, everybody. Yeah, fucking everybody, everybody, get your fucking predictions in. What about trailers? You, you were saying earlier you wanted to talk about trailers. Oh yeah, okay. Let's do some trailer trash real quick. So, have you seen the trailer for the Gods of Egypt? Yep, with uh, with uh, three hundred guy. Ger- Gerald, Gerald, uh, Leonidas, Leonidas is in it. Dude, I've seen that trailer like ten times, and I can't fucking believe that's a real movie. Uh, dude, it, it looks it so me. fake. That's the <laughs> fakest looking movie I've ever seen, and it's all white people. Hey, this is supposed to be Egypt. How about yeah. less white people for sure? 
Oh, man. Uh, hold on. I'm just looking up the movie. Gods of Egypt. I can't spell. There it is. This Even the trailer looks... The, oh, my God. Even look at the fucking poster. That looks fake as shit. That's a fake-looking movie, dude. Dude, I can't even believe this. Like, that looks like... That looks like a like a 1980s movie poster. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so like, bad. I saw it before the Deadpool, and I was just making fun of it for a solid like 25 minutes. Like the movie had started, and I was still making fun of the fucking Gods <laughs> of Egypt trailer. Jeffrey Ra- Jeffrey Rush is playing Ra, so get ready for that. Oh, good. God, that's, that's who I speak. That's who I think of the God of Sun. When I when I hear that, I think of Jeffrey Rush. Yeah, we will absolutely be watching that. Yo, we are watching that 100. It's going to be <laughs> fucking unreal. Yeah. Um. You know, it's uh, it's been a slow month for movies. Honestly, it's been a slow month. Other than uh, fucking everybody's talking about Deadpool. That's, that's all people can talk about right now. So it's been a slow month. I haven't seen it yet, so don't post any spoilers or else I'll fucking murder you. There's no spoilers in it, Chadley. It's oh, not a movie. It? It's not a movie. It's not a movie. You can't spoil it's not it. A movie. It's Deadpool, not a real movie. Hold up. Hold up. Before we end this podcast, I just want you to know, Deadpool is a lot of fun, but it's not a movie at all. It's not even, it doesn't have any of the formula that makes the movie a movie. Is it just Ryan Reynolds talking to the screen and killing people? Yep. And saying the fuck word? Yep, you see his dick. Oh, dude, is it real Reynolds finger or is it stunt? I think finger? It, I think it's. I don't think it's a stunt finger. I think it's. I think it's, real Reynolds finger. I think it's real Reynolds finger. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna watch this movie today now. All right. Well, I, I, I will see you guys. See you guys next week. See you guys next week.